Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Oscar Watch Podcast, the podcast where we look back at past Best Picture winners for your reconsideration. Merry Christmas. Happy December. I am your host, Stephen Buja, and joining me one last time for your listener requests, Amy Thomason. Amy, how's it going? Hello. Happy holidays, everyone. Happy holidays. Have you survived the run-up thus far? Barely. Barely. Yeah, it's been uh, it's, lots of family stuff, just like flying in, Dad, craziness, scheduling. To past years, both of my children have still stayed remarkably healthy, so there's that. Because this is usually the time of year where everybody in my family, except for me, just starts dropping like flies. Yeah, you're the, you're, you're the tough one. I'm the healthy one. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, I'm glad to hear that they are feeling hale and hearty. Yes, uh, I, mean, I, I mean, this 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 will post after Christmas. So, like, did they get anything fun? Like, from like William this? wanted a guitar, mm-hmm. and he wanted a guitar because he wanted to be like Miguel from Coco. Oh, so cute! So we got him one. So he's excited. Awesome! That's great. It sounds so much fun. Is it like like a full size guitar? Like, is there is it a kid guitar? Small, I don't know. I don't know how it works. Guitar, but it's not like a toy because we didn't want to invest a lot of money in it. But we also didn't just want to get him some little piece of garbage. Like we do actually want him to take lessons. And my husband plays, so oh. he kind of gets it from that. But really, I've seen the movie Coco on a regular, pretty nightly basis. I love it more. Everyone at home, if you haven't seen this movie, watch it. If you've seen it, watch it again because it's so funny. Yeah, and listen, and then listen to our episode about it. We uh, we talked about, about it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, that that that's great to hear. Uh, as you know, we don't uh, we don't celebrate Christmas in at the uh, the Buja household. Uh, we are we are Hanukkah. So Hanukkah was many weeks past. I grew up believing that Hanukkah was kind of a second rate Christmas, and the haul that my daughter got from her. Uh, grandparents and cousins and whatnot rival that of my halls during Christmas. So I stand corrected. Hanukkah is, uh, you know, Christmas is a is a, it feels like like the day itself is a marathon, but Hanukkah is is a sprint, but Hanukkah is a marathon. Like that was that was eight days of a lot, eight nights of a lot of jelly donuts. That's apparently a th- I did not know that was a That's thing. The greatest. What more could you want? It was. By the end, I was like, I, I don't know if I could eat another jelly donut. And then after, like, I took a day. I'm like, yeah, I could, I could have some more jelly donuts. What did she get? Did she get anything special? She got, oh, she's into, she's big into stickers. So she has, I want to say probably over a thousand little stickers of all sorts that uh, will soon be blanketing the apartment here. And uh, I, I guess I will have to pick those up. But. She she loves them. She likes them. She got a bunch of stuffed animals and other toys and just. Elena's not things. into those, man. No, no, stickers got, or she got animals. crayons, both. Oh. I tried to give her like her little baby doll at night. She picks it up, pulls it to her, and then throws it off her little bed, and it's kind of funny. That is, that is, that is kind of just like this like look of anger in her face, like no, man. She does. She gets like pissed off and is like coming <laughs> out of my bed. Awesome. She likes books, so we got her a lot of books. What a great kid! You have a great kid. You, you have a, you have a great kid. But we are not here to discuss our lives. We are here <laughs> to discuss Robert Altman's 1992 film, The Player, which was the only film to be requested by two people for our Christmas gift month to you, listener requests. So of course we had to do it. It is a film that I believe is very divided among in the popular consciousness. And, of course, right now we have to ask, Amy, what is your history with the player? And what is, and more importantly, what is your, what is your association with Robert Altman? Because I know you got opinions. I definitely have opinions. I've never seen this movie before. Okay. So I had watched something at YouTube where they were talking about great opening shots and this movie has a famous opening shot, which we're going to get to. Oh, yes. Very much so. That's it, though. I really hadn't heard anything about it. I've seen 
National. I've seen Anne Owen Mash on DVD. I've seen part of McCabe and Mrs. Miller. Okay. Yeah. And parts of Come Back to the Five and Dine, Jimmy D, Jimmy D. I think that's it. Wow. Deep cut. I'm not a gigantic fan of Robert Altman. His and his fans at home are going to hate that I say this. His shtick about, oh, let's keep the sound up so we can hear every conversation that's going on. And then you kind of decide what's important to listen to. Gets old. So that annoys me. I don't find that endearing or cute. Also, in two of his films, seem very... They're very humiliating themes for women in MASH and in Nashville that are just awful and painful to watch mm. that maybe didn't need to be in there. But what do I know? He does have that reputation, as I recall. As, uh, I, don't, I don't know if he's difficult to work with, but just the way, the, the way his films do portray women. And like it, it comes across even here in The Player a bit. And I will admit I am not the most up on my Altman seen much of his i have seen mccabe and mrs miller and that's a that's, that's a good film despite my like lack of enthusiasm for warren Beatty. is gonna have to explain that to me one day I, I, it's just, I don't, is it it's, his devastatingly good looks he, and the fact that he's clearly a very very bright guy yeah i don't know he's I, such a good looking man it's just one of those one of those things i don't know why i just know it's I, you just see something and go i don't eh. every attractive hollywood actress no, I, ever that's Good, good yeah, but yeah, um, be married to Annette Benning, who's also beautiful in her own right. When he decides right. to settle down, that's right. All right. Well, now I just now I just now now I'm just like oh, I'm just mad at him now. Like, damn you, Warren <laughs> baby, making me change my opinion on you. Uh, I uh, I have seen the I saw the player. This is one of those movies uh, when you are growing up and you hear about like, oh yeah, I want to be I want to do movies. I want to think about movies, talk about movies, make movies. The player comes into the conversation a whole bunch, and I saw it. When I was too young to fully appreciate what was going on, I couldn't follow it really. Then, like, what is what's happening? All, you know, all the talking. I like there's like no, I don't like any of the characters here. What's what, what's going on? And so I kind of just pushed it aside until uh, this is the this is the second time I have seen the film, and uh, it's as with many things, it's having age and time and wisdom. Uh, between the first and second viewings can can change one's opinion a lot on that. Yeah, but there are two folks out there whose opinions have not changed. And uh, we're going to read their emails right now. The first is from Brennan French, who requested the player. He said, the player from 1992 is a, and I quote, masterpiece. It was the best-reviewed movie of the year, but it didn't get into best picture. Of course, we'll talk. It begins with an eight-minute long, no-take tracking shot, and it all just keeps going from there. It didn't end up getting nominated because it was what I like to call, and I love this, the reverse La La Land, where the movie prevents a, presents a very depressing, sadistic tale of Hollywood, even though it should have won Best Picture. And we'll definitely talk about that. Kind and of like Sunset Boulevard. Kind of like Sunset Boulevard. People, you know, the people, the Hollywood loves movies about Hollywood, but not if not too truthful movies. They, they, everybody wants to be painted in a better light. And that was from Brennan. And we also got one from Leo. Hey there. I thought I would pick the, uh, these two movies. He requested another one, Moonstruck, which we'll get to oh, later. Yeah, I know. But he... I know, yeah. I picked these two movies um, just, in, just in case how one did, did nearly as well taking the most trophies outside the eventual winner, Moonstruck, and the other falling short despite landing some key nominations when it was announced. Uh, that said, cannot wait for December as it comes around. And we're finishing up December right now. So December's a great month for Moonstruck, by the way. December is a great month for Moonstruck. It's, it's, it's such a good movie. Uh, it's, it's, it, it, it really is. Thank you to Brennan. Thank you to Leo for writing in. Thank you to everybody to writing in. I know, folks, we didn't, haven't gotten to all of the requests. December was a wonky month here at Oscar Watch Podcast uh, headquarters, but we will, uh, we will attempt our best over the, over the course of, of time to do what we can and get to your, your requests. We thank you all for participating participating, writing in, sending us your thoughts. And thank you for getting us to go outside of our wheelhouse. We really appreciate that. The player 
stars. Everyone. Ev- literally, <laughs> literally everyone. The um, I believe the fact is the the amount of cameos that happen in the movie would total. I think it was $100 million if everybody took their rate. Most people did not. But the film stars uh, Tim Robbins, Greta Scacchi, Fred Ward, Vincent D'Onofrio, the great Peter Gallagher. I love his eyebrows. I love them so much. <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg, Cynthia Stevenson, Dean Stockwell, Rashidi Grant, Sidney Pollack, Lyle Lovett, and again, so many blink and you will miss them cameos. I think John Cusack shows up for a hot minute and he's going to be like, Says something. Andy McDowell, Julia Roberts, Bruce Willis get talked about a lot, and then they show up at the end. Uh, So many. It's a. It's a. It's a. It's a movie about Hollywood. Directed by Robert Altman. Screenplay by Michael Tolkien, based on his novel, and it was nominated for a few Academy Awards at that year's show. And we are going to take a short break and talk about those when we come back. From director Robert Altman comes a story yeah. of Hollywood. I got a writer in here who's got a pitch I think you ought to hear. I think it's hot. We open outside San Quentin. The Graduate, part two. And Mrs. Robinson had a stroke, so she can't talk. It's going to be funny? Yeah, it'll be funny. Griffin Mill is a hotshot studio executive. Yes. Angelica, Griffin Mill. Oh, hi. Good to see you. Malcolm McDowell. Hi, how are you? Hi, Bert. He's heard every pitch. That's exactly right. It's out of Africa meets Pretty Woman. He knows all the angles. We're gonna have to have a little sex in this mystery. Oh, yeah, sure, of course. We'll get it. Slowly pushes her panties down to her knees. And all the players. We're the stars. No stars. No stars. Bruce Willis. I want Bruce Willis. Not Bruce Willis. No Schwarzenegger. Julia Robbins. Now he's about to star. How did this get here? They're coming from a writer. Hello, is David Kahane there, please? This is. This is Griffin Mill. Who's a dead man? In his most unforgettable story yet. Stop all the postcards. I don't like postcards. I want This is a tough story, a tragedy. Not unlike Ghost meets Manchurian Candidate. The trouble is something you have to know. If you want to pass it in with intent to kill, you could go to the gas chamber. It's not a movie. I'd like you to come down to the station. I would hate to get the wrong person arrested. Oh, please. This is Pasadena. We do not arrest the wrong person. That's L.A. It's his life. Are you seeing someone else? Oh, you took her to a party, Griffin, with several hundred of my best friends. Do places like this really exist? Only in the movies. Robert Altman's The Player. Can we talk about something other than Hollywood for a change? Yes. We're educated people. We have covered briefly the 65th Annual Academy Awards way back when, when we discussed that year's Best Picture winner, Unforgiven. One One of my favorite episodes we have done back in the day. But... We are not here to discuss Unforgiven, although I will say that of the many Best Picture winners of the last three decades, I rank Unforgiven among the top three, if not maybe one of the most worthy of Best Pictures to be given that title. I Wow. I, that's, I think this is... Uh, I love this movie. I love this movie, and I think it is a great, great film that works so well. And it's Clint Eastwood's finest hour in a, oh, in a career filled in a career filled with many fine hours. Unforgiven is incredible, absolutely incredible. But the player was nominated for three Academy Awards that year. Do you know which one it was nominated for? Amy Thompson, take it away. I only know Best Director. It was nominated for Best Director. Yeah, Robert Altman, the player. He was out in the woods since the 70s. This was his big Hollywood comeback. People could not deny him that. They, people well, really have, like, a thing. People, yeah, they, they really do. I'm trying to, like, alt, I'm trying, alt, they're alt fans? Are they alt fans? Is that, is that what yeah, we call them? I mean, sure. people are really into him. Yeah, they, they really. Hollywood people are really into him. Indeed, indeed. As we, as we see, it was also it also picked up a best screenplay based on material previously produced or published, also known as adapted screenplay. Uh, Michael Tolkien, who wrote who wrote the book, 
the player also picked that up, would end up losing to Howard's End. Uh, <laughs> I, I was waiting for that. For some reason, I've been watching that movie like every week, at least once a week. It's on Netflix, and whenever I'm sitting down, I'm like, let's just watch Howard's End again. Let's, let's. I worship that movie. It is so, so good. I love it more every single time I watch it. <laughs> it's a it's a Merchant Ivory production is one of those films from the the 90s when I was too young that I just have not gotten around to see. My mom loves it. I do need I do need to I do need to that. Because you think it's going to be some stuffy movie. If you like Emma Thompson. I do. I do like Emma Thompson. If you have an English degree and you like Anthony Hopkins even a little bit or Helena Bonham Carter. Yes, I, uh, I I like all I like all those people, and I will I will give I will give it a chance. It's just it's just. You might get a, I have two weeks off coming up. I might be showing up at your doorstep and being like, "Let's go." <laughs> just it's just like you holding up Howard's end in front of like, oh okay, I guess yeah. we're do, I guess we're doing this. <laughs> uh, and uh, the player also picked up a nomination for best film editing for Geraldine Peroni and would lose to Unforgiven as well. Again, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to argue with the loss, but I will say the editing is actually very, it's uh, something that is spoken about high, very highly in this, in this, mm-hmm. in this film. Uh, I'm, I'm shocked it did not grab a cinematography nom, if only for the, if on top of the opening shot, which again is a roughly seven and a half, eight minute single take, not a single fake. It is literally, they have a reel of film. That's how much they can film with it. And they just they use it all, and it's just it's one shot, and it's really brilliant. I'm I'm shocked it didn't pick up a uh, a cinematography nom. It seems it seems crazy. It seems crazy, but uh, it would have uh, a river runs through it, which did win best cinematography. It's a very good looking film, and I can very, very pretty, very and not very, just because of Brad Pitt, who's like at the height oh of my his prettiness. Jesus, he was he's like, like a golden oh, god. Yes, yeah, he's so pretty. Twenty, it's like wait, what, maybe twenty or something. He's that's the movie that really, besides uh, Thelma and Louise, that brought him to the forefront. I think so, and then and then you know, I, I've always I've always liked Brad Pitt because he could have been Tom Cruise, but he decided to be like, no, I'm Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise. I'm going to do my own thing. But of course, who doesn't love Interview with a Vampire with both of them in it? What? Love it, love it. That is the player, uh, Amy. Let's. You weren't here for 1992 when we discussed this back in the day. Uh, Unforgiven one, Crying Game nominated, Few Good Men nominated, oh. Howard's End nominated, Scent of a Woman nominated. Uh, what do you feel? Just give just give us a rundown on a couple of these films. How do you how do you feel about them? Unforgiven we know how you feel about Head, Howard's End. Is the first western I've even been able to sit through. It's Whoa! A, it's not a genre I have a lot of patience for. I remember in film when I took my film class in college, we watched The Searchers, and I was like, "Oh my God, please shoot me now." Wow. Okay. Unforgiven is a great, great movie, and Agreed. so I'm not going to argue with any of the wins. A Few Good Men is on the Amy Thompson Top 100. I could watch that movie any single day. Every it's one of those when it's on TV and it's on TV quite frequently. It's like, well, this is what we're watching. Yep. And it's always good. It always delivers. It's not dated or all, at all. So that's a really great movie. Sense of a Woman I saw once but never had a desire to see again. Yeah, it's a, f- it's a it's fine not a very good movie. It's not a good movie. It's a fine performance from Pacino. This is the one he picked up best actor finally. Which bothers me. Right. Because in the, in the Amy Thompson alternate re- universe, he's already won. So He's already won multiple times in the alternate universe. And this was, that, this, I think this was actually his last win and last win and nomination which is which is weird was he nominated for the insider no i don't think anybody no was he wasn't yeah. Plummer was yeah Plummer was for mike wallace okay howard's end love uh, crying game is a gimmicky movie and once you know the twist it's kind of a mediocre film yeah but Neil Jordan kind of had this thing going on in the like the early late eighties, early nineties, where he was just everywhere. Uh, he did um, Name of the Father, which I also didn't really care for. Yeah, well acted, but I didn't care for. 
but right. I can't say that I I respected it more than I liked it. Yeah, it's you're like, oh, okay, it's come on. And yeah, it's and all the and Emma Thompson. And 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 Emma Thompson. It's it's got a great performance from DDL, but it's not it's not one of those DDL performances that you think of. You're like, oh. Yeah, because he seems more like he's playing a normal guy than some complete character. Character. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, but end, I think, is too much of a niche film. It doesn't appeal to everybody. It 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 appealed to but enough people. So good. I, well, yeah. My mom. It's it's a film my mom loves. It's uh, Ian Forster, I believe, is the writer whose work I am unfamiliar with i just know the name as someone who is very good at this kind of writing and should probably do more things can do yeah i should but uh the 65th annual academy awards hopefully we will be returning uh to it in the future i would love to talk about future men uh that's uh that's one of the great sorkin screenplays that i then that's and it's the the sorkin the sorkinness is why it has lasted so long it's pithy without being so over bearing and just oh without just jack nicholson being, too and it's just without crazy. being as um elitist and a little a little much yeah to deal with some of his yeah. screenplays can be a bit much yeah and an excellent performance from tom cruise he, I, you know I, yeah yeah exactly we uh I've, we've talked a lot about how wouldn't it be nice if tom cruise stopped being trying to Kill himself on screen as an action star and went back to this like because he can do it. We saw we he is excellent when Kevin Bacon also was amazing in that movie. Another underappreciated actor, just so so good. Oh, and uh, by the way, just, uh, just yeah, Kevin Pollock. Uh, you know, just 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 going just going ahead. Uh, Joan Plowright got a Best Supporting Actress nomination. We talked about her recently. That was fun. Hey, and Avalon. She got uh, for uh, Encha- a film called Enchanted April. Never seen it. I don't think I've ever even heard about She's it. It's not but... Vivian Lee, so she means nothing to me. Okay. And <laughs> on that note, we are going to take a very short break. When we come back, we are going to discuss the player. That's, That's what I'm going to call I it. Say it. Yeah, player. You want to like AH something? Like that. We'll yeah. we'll figure that out right after this. Hello, Walter. Make yourself at home, Mr. Mill. I understand you're kind of late coming in this morning. You all right? I'm fine. Appreciate your concern. What can I do for you, Walter? Don't tell me you came here to pitch me a story. (laughs) That's exactly what I've come to do. It's a good one, too. It's about a writer, sort of. David Kahane. David Kahane? Who's David Kahane? Oh, you may. Well, I meet a lot of writers. Uh-huh, but this particular writer that you met was murdered last night in back of the Rialto Theater in Pasadena. Murdered? Well, come to think of it, Pasadena's as good a place to die as any. So what's the story? 25 words or less. Okay. Movie exec calls writer. Writer's girlfriend says he's at the movies. Exec goes to the movies, meets writer, drinks with writer. Writer gets conked and dies in four inches of dirty water. Movie exec is in deep shit. What do you think? That's more than 25 words. And it's bullshit. Amy, for those of us who are not alt fans, which maybe a few out there in the world, can you briefly describe what the plot of the player is? A producer keeps getting weird want to say death threats like threatening letters from a writer whose screenplay he has rejected mayhem ensues. mayhem ensues that producer is such a long time since I've said that. <laughs> that producer is griffin mill played with aplomb by the wonderful tim robbins very underappreciated actor very totally t- underappreciated. very underappreciated very tall too he's a uh, he's very tall very tall man but he uh just he there's something about you know what there's something about Tim Robbins and oversized 90 suits that just works. You go, yeah, that guy is that guy. I he he sinks he slinks into the role so well as He's as Griffin Bill. It's 
well he plays the role. Yeah, you know, I think, uh, you know, I suspect a lot of it has to do, if you're in the game long enough, you encounter a lot of different kind of producers, and you, so you, you are, he is drawing from firsthand inspiration because and firsthand knowledge. Not over the top, and I like that about him. Yeah, I was. He seems so natural in the role that it kind of makes you like, I didn't know Tim Robbins was a bad person. Right, and. I was I, I was walking into this. Have you ever seen the film Swimming with Sharks with He Who Shall Not Be Kevin. Named with Kevin Spacey? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was expecting more something like that where Kevin Spacey is terrible. He's terrible yes. to he's terrible to Frank Whaley or whatever whatever his name is. And he's just he's just horrible and overbearing. I found myself thinking Griffin he's Griffin Mill is not a not a, he's not. A, he's not. Like, he's not terrible. He is so. Like, he's not. He's not. He's not over the top terrible. He's not over the top terrible. He's not. You he's not flashy. Dislike you him. don't. Yeah, you don't. You don't dislike him. Ends. Yeah, it's not like he's not like he's so deliciously evil that you yeah. like him because sometimes you know villains are cool and stuff. Oh yeah, like villains, villains are the best. Know that they're villains. Him, it's like you understand where he's coming from. Right, and and he's seen, you know he. You feel for him because he thinks he's gonna you know get replaced by the very charming Peter Gallagher. What? With the very charming eyebrows, mind you. I just I can't stop. I can't not look at them like that. And I love Peter Gallagher. Where is yeah. his acclaim in life? Who's on the OC? Was that was that his thing? Was yeah. OC? All right. Yeah. Anyways. But yeah, you do you do feel for him despite him he's not evil. He's just kind of he's just he's kind of a dick. In that kind of a, he's in that kind of a job though. Yeah, he's yeah, you like you get it. You he's been beaten down. He hears I believe he said 50,000 pitches a year and he can only pick 12 of them. And even then, even then he's he's he doesn't even give the go ahead. He just says, also, "I'm going to throw this up the line." And the amount of it, you know, he's a rich guy, lives in Hollywood, and he's a very slick life. But you also see, like, that's a lot of pressure. If you're yeah. only picking 12, and they all have to stick, and he will very easily be replaced if something goes wrong, that's a lot of stress to be under. Yeah, it's yeah because these are multi-million dollar projects that have to turn a profit, and if you produce too many duds you are out of a job despite despite however optim like you feel like he was once optimistic he was like i'm gonna go into hollywood like maybe i can't make movies but i can you know help help to produce them and he i think he genuinely feels for a lot of these a lot of these guys but he's so he has to guard himself so much because like he's 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 Forever looking out for number one. That is his main goal. I am. I will. I'm going to pick a safe pitcher. I know I can. I can. I can save. Or if I can't, or I'm going to get handed off to this guy and come in and save the day. And huzzah! I'm the. I'm the hero, which he does. <laughs> in, uh, in in a great in a great thing in a great thing. He's a very interesting character. Who even though he murders a dude, in uh, a bit of passion, it. You still, Tim Robbins is likable enough where you go, all right. I want like, how's he gonna get? Out, how's he gonna get out of this? What's he doing? I yes. want him to. You kind of want him to get caught, but at the same time, you go, ah, uh, I think it'd be better if you didn't get caught. I like it when the guys don't, when the when the, when the bad guys don't get caught and they have to live with it, even though it's horribly depressing at the end of this movie, which we will yes. get to. But uh, let's let's not not talk about the end. Let's talk about the beginning, the beginning opening shot. Seven and a half, eight minutes of uninterrupted glory. How does this one sit with you? What do you think of not only how it is done, but what they are saying, all the characters, while they are going about their day? Like, how does it, it work? It very perfectly establishes that world. Okay. And for people who... I love films. I don't know a lot about the industry. Like, I'm, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not a member of the SAG or anything like <laughs> that. But it's just, that's it. If, if that's all you saw, it is. It's like a little mini movie. And I'd seen it, it before. 
it's a it's a so it's like a little vignette of this is every day for these people yeah and it's you you are introduced to the majority of the characters as well and they all they're just engaged in their everyday little petty whatever the business of running the movie business essentially it goes you 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 follow characters it's classic altman in that everybody is doing their own thing but now the camera is deciding which stuff you're going to yes. focus on i think uh like my favorite little part is the actual writer of the graduate is pitching the graduate to yes. to tim robbins and i i thought the pitches were what that's I, my favorite part of the movie i love the, the pitches, pitches that the, they do yeah, because you know the pitches. You like you can't just walk in and be like, "This is the movie and whatnot." You have to you have to sell it. You have to be a salesman. And I, I heard a lot of these and went, "I kind of, I want to see some of these movies." That that doesn't sound so bad. Can we make that happen, please? Wouldn't that be Wouldn't that be nice? But the uh, but not only is the uh, the opening shot, uh, it's you know introducing the characters. It's also in the way that the player is. The player is about Hollywood. The opening shot is about is. In a way, about single takes as well. They have the they keep, they keep coming back and they to this. Talk about single takes. It's very meta. Yeah, it's meta not before meta was a thing. Yeah, it was. Yeah, you didn't they didn't have that a lot. Takes yeah, in the single take. Yeah, in, like, in the single oh, take. Yeah. What you're doing there, very clever. All right, because it's a, it's a it's a it's a Hollywood film about about Hollywood. They talk they talk at length about Touch of Evil, which has that the Orson Welles movie has that great opening they opening have the thing. Character named about Joe Gillis, and in my head, I was like, oh, Joe Gillis, that's <laughs> And then five minutes later, they're like, Yeah, but the character in Sunset Boulevard. Yeah, was, I was like, I'm so cool because I already knew that. There's a writer who died, a writer who drowned in Sunset Boulevard. Go, oh, yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's Hollywood is a, it's a very referential town. And I think Ebert, in his review, put it that you have all these, all these current studio execs, studio heads, they're talking about these things these people your your orson wells they're talking about touch of evil they're talking about they're talking about this talking about that in a way that we talk about the saints in that the saints aren't here anymore and we're stuck with griffin mill we're stuck with peter gallagher we're stuck with fred ward we're stuck with all of these people who have taken up the 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 frock as it were Mm -hmm. but don't but lack the magic and so they're stuck producing the graduate two. The gra- the graduate two, for instance. If you remember the nineties, the ni- the films in the nineties, they were producing the films in the nineties. Uh, a lot of the the bad ones. It, it certainly seemed. Obviously, we talk about some of the good ones on this show, but as with every year and decade, there are a lot of crappy movies out there, and I bet Griffin Mill had his hand on a great many of them. <laughs> For sure, uh, it's um, what I am a big fan of single takes, or as is more common these days, single fake shots, which are strung together scenes that are made to look like a single take. Uh, for instance, in Children of Men, that's a lot of like Birdman, mo- Birdman etc. Lots of stuff like that. This is genuine. We're shooting this on film, and it is done. It's like Hitchcockian with rope. Uh, his uh, great single take, single single take film. Uh, it's in terms of sheer movie making. Well, I just want to just like it's 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 perfect. It's they had to do it 11 or so times to, to get it right, because it's I mean, making movies is hard. Doing something like this is, is even harder and doing something like this with Altman seems impossible. But they they get it I'm done. Surprised and it, it only it only took that amount. I mean, it really it zooms in and it starts all these little stories and you're like, Oh, this is really cool. Wait, hold on. I said, no, go back. Go back. Now you have to go into the office, and now we're going to back up and show you the guy in the car. Yeah, it's... It gives you these little tastes of stories, and and we've talked about that in the past, how it's important to feel that these people have lives outside of just the scene that they're in. That's one of the things that listeners at home, you'll remember, we did not like about Driving Miss Daisy because Hope seemed to have no life unless he was in front of us. Exactly. Exactly. But this, everybody's always hustling, and there's an energy to it, and I thought that was really great. Yeah, it, and it's a great establishing, uh, establishment of the world that we are about to be in. We are in cutthroat territory. These are the characters that Griffin will interact with, and here's Griffin and the plot 
follows. Griffin has been getting uh, threatening letters from what he believes is to be a disgruntled writer of because he rejects thousands of screenplays every year. And some people are going to take that uh, to heart, rather personally. And I understand that. Don't go, maybe you shouldn't go threatening them, but you know you got to get that frustration out. He wants to assuage that writer. He wants to assuage his own guilt, assuage the you know make peace with the writer. And so he believes he tracks that writer down, and that writer is uh, Kahane, who is played by the excellent, the excellent Vincent D'Onofrio, who. I mean, if you're classy, you'll know, oh, yeah, it's the guy from Full Metal Jacket. If you're not classy like me, you go, oh, that's Kingpin from Daredevil. Either way, he is an excellent actor. And uh, seeing them, I love their interactions. They are two extremely talented actors. Uh, and they're, honestly, sometimes they're, the, they're those kind of actors I go, I think they might be the same person. So I'm glad to see them on screen at the same time. Yes. Go, all right, they're not. Because they clearly could be competing for the same parts. They're both tall, gigantic, very talented men. Uh, and uh, as it turns out, Griffin is way off base with that. And he, uh, after trying to get Kahane on his side. After stalking him. After stalking him. Yeah, it's... It's, and he it's all bad stuff. Bicycle thief. Yay. Yay, the bicycle thief. Home, listen to our episode. Listen to our episode. It's a great episode. Really good. It's really good. It's really, it's really, it's really fun. And yeah, you it's know, another thing. You know, Hollywood guys go to see it. Go to see the the movies of the past. Uh, the prestige picks from from before. Even though, like I think I think Kahane at one point says you don't make movies like the Bicycle Thief because you're part of the machine. You know, Kahane's very very angry, very cynical in a way that uh, Tim Ro- Tim Robbins Griffin Mill is in his own way, but he's not as not as angry because he's part of the system. He gets to be cynical about other things. And he knows that. And he knows what, what's a hacky ending and what's a real ending. But yeah. he has to think with money and not with artistic integrity. Right. Which which comes later with uh with another screenplay he helps oh. he, he helps to he helps the green light because, you know, it's uh as as Brian Cox said in the great movie adaptation, you gotta wow him in the end. You gotta you gotta leave him feeling and generally you want to leave them feeling good so they're out they're they're after they're after the happy ending it's that about like, it's about getting the happy ending yeah but yeah oh it's it's great i i'm we are gonna get that he griffin kills kahane by accident we'll say it's an sort a, so it's sort of it by accident as an accident but by the time he's dead it's a hundred percent the yeah, it's it's definitely it's you know, he it, should he get caught he's 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 going away for should he get convicted he's going away for going away for a while he makes it look like a rob uh, a robbery gone bad and then and then it, that's when it becomes interesting you start going into uh, Kahane's world and you meet Greta Scotchi who oh. is. <laughs> Who is Kane's fiance? Uh, it's Good Good Goodman's daughter. What's her? She's Icelandic. Uh, June Goodman's daughter. And Amy, you have opinions on Greta Scotchy. And I'm probably gonna get a lot of hate for this. <laughs> I don't think she was pretty enough for the role. Really? That is at all. okay. No. Not at all. And that was a flaw in the film. I don't like when they cast someone who's average looking and they make it out like, oh my God, she's this goddess and I'm going to just give everything up because she's such an unbelievable beauty. And she was annoying and pretentious. I think that was part of her. Was, I think that, that, was that intentional? I that, believe like, that was. Like, you know, we were supposed to find her attractive and I was like, why are you with this woman? She paints these stupid paintings and it's like oh she's so deep and she's yeah. so and she doesn't and she doesn't display them cuz she does it, she just does it for does it for herself Fun. it's and it's like yeah. i think oh, i oh she's the worst but i feel like you weren't supposed to think that i think you were supposed to see why tim robbins would prefer her to his own girlfriend right who is uh played by uh Cynthia Stevenson who's um who's very good who's who's great who's great in uh great and dead like me uh i like i like her as the mom in, in, in dead like me i think Tim Robbins was attracted to 
Greta Scacchi is partly out of is partly out of guilt because he murdered this this woman's fiance, but also because here's this woman who creates and doesn't show, and he all he all he is is show. There's that's that's what he he has to he has to perform all the time. He has to be on all the time. He's always taking a meeting. Everyone is always coming up to him at even in his quiet moments. He just but I think just, if played by a different actress, I would have felt that way because I don't feel like she was over the top enough that she was supposed to be a satirical character. I think she was you know what I mean? mysterious. Like, I think yeah. She's supposed to be, oh, she's so beautiful and she's so mysterious. It's like, no, she's just annoying and she annoyed me and so that really and affected so you, my enjoyment of the film because I couldn't get past just a, and I'm sorry. Oh, no. It, I'm you, sorry, Leo at home. Who's probably like, you don't understand it. You're missing the point. point. Maybe I am. Maybe I, yeah, it's. I think if played by a different actress, I might have had a different reaction and understood more. Oh, she's artsy and she's this. No, yeah. she was just yeah. annoying and pretentious. Yeah. She's art. Her she, painting sucked. They were. I'm her a little. Clothes, it's whatever her on the eyes. Clothes ice. were stupid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I did little, not whatever. see her as this prize to be won. I. I don't know. I don't know if prize is 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 the right word. It's just. It's, well, at the end. Yeah, I mean, oh yeah, I, I mean, at the end, yeah, it's. Because his life now he's this big like mucky mucky muck in Hollywood, and he's not with the boring girl anymore. Now he's with oh the goddess. It's like, right. Now he's, he cast the wrong actress. Hmm. I think I think her appeal comes from the fact that she's not Hollywood. Everyone else is Hollywood, from say even the security guard to like, Whoopi Goldberg as the detective. They all they're all tainted by Hollywood. And yet somehow Greta Scacchi through uh, June through her like the armor she has on, despite and having put up with Vincent D'Onofrio's bullshit for God knows how long, uh, just is so is so anti that. And I think someone like Griffin Mill, who is searching, who is disillusioned in his own way uh, and and very guarded, would find that great. It's somebody who doesn't. Who needs him for reasons that aren't all the reasons that people need him for? Uh, usually, I can, I, I can the see. The end of the movie doesn't make any sense. At all. I don't know. I think maybe it does. I, mean, I think it doesn't because at the end he becomes even more to the Hollywood side. Yeah, but yeah, but then, but then, why would he, Mister Hollywood, want to be with her? You know what I'm saying? That doesn't because, make any sense. Yeah, but well, no, because. Because then he can leave, he can he goes home he can leave it leave it all behind he's got he's got the he's he got the non Hollywood that's not what his character does his character doesn't become this more human not Hollywood oh yeah guy. it's not it's he it's not supposed like to Mister Uber Hollywood by the end yeah who's 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 and found who's fa- who's found happiness in this in this other in this in, this, in June I think uh, but you know what we will we'll, we'll 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 table that and right now we'll get to the fun part of the movie and that is. The film pitch that uh, several characters uh, throw out to Tim Robin, and that is the film Habeas Corpus. And Amy, what did you think of this? I do, oh my god, I want to see that too. I do too. It's so. Well, one thing that I liked about it is maybe I'm wrong, but I think it was a, th- a little bit of a throwback to Susan Hayward's film I Want to Live, I Want to Live directed by Robert Wise I will say I will nod and say yes, sure, continue It's the final scene in I Want to Live, I Want to Live which Susan Hayward got Academy Award for Best Actress mm-hmm. FYI people at home is her in the gas chamber Oh, okay so coming to and you see her and she's dying in the gas chamber so that's what it made me think of so I thought maybe I should give it a try okay I was, uh, oh, I was thinking. All right, all right, what is it? What is the? Of, of, I don't really remember the plot. I just remember the ending. It can't be Hollywood. It can't be Hollywood. Right, it's it's got to be real. It's got to be real. Yeah. Uh, the plot is. Bad well, well, I mean, well, first of all, first of all, we 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 focus in on a on a vigil outside of the courthouse, and there are these lights that look like Japanese lanterns. Ooh, that's good. I like that. I've never never seen that. And it's basically uh, a DA is tired of always executing minority people and so he he vows that the next person he puts on death row is going to be uh someone of privilege and so he um and that someone of privilege ends up being this uh this woman 
who he falls in love with, and at the end, she dies. He can't save her in time. But she's actually innocent. But yeah, but she, yeah, but she's actually innocent because it's a face. And and the and the point is, it's not Hollywood. It's not Hollywood. It's just people die. The wrong person dies, and that's and that's life. life. And that's life. And the writer, this pretentious douchebag. Well, who was who was hilarious and totally nailed that kind of character. Writer is just oh, you just want to you just want to punch him. And then he, the way he sells out at the end is just the best. It reminded me, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of Network uh, with the with the um the the, the anarchists or whatever whatever the freedom fighters who were like yes. The, you know, whatever, who were like, yeah, I'm, I'm getting my, you know, half a percentage point over. He's getting my half a percentage point over my dead body, or something. Like, whoa, you're, we've, we've lost your narrative completely here. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. But, uh, is it a movie you would like to see? Like, if they made that oh, movie, would you see it? They showed the clip of the end. I was like, I totally would see this movie. Oh, it's. I would admit that it was awful and terrible, and even the last line of that film within a film was so like i could a hundred percent see this movie seeing this becoming a thing yeah it was uh last line was traffic was a bitch something like yeah, that yeah i was stuck in traffic stuck in traffic or something yeah yeah which was also exactly that and you're like oh like i've seen this movie i have seen this movie yeah which is also the last line in uh last line in the movie itself you, you know kim robin says I'm stuck in traffic, traffic yes. bitch, whatever. I um I did recently see the uh the Amy Thompson top three film, A Place in the Sun, and I got to admit, I th- it felt felt kind of like Habeas Corpus in like in like the very good version of Habeas Corpus. Just thinking like, oh, you got this like handsome white guy who's you know who who did kind of like kill somebody he's being in like the last scene is him being sent off to the the electric chair like oh this feels and it's like the da is like really really enthusiastic yeah it's uh it's and you think it's gonna take that direction oh and it's freaking montgomery clips circa 1950 and circa 1950 elizabeth taylor who it's you have to look away from the screen because your eyes will just catch on fire because you will never see two beautiful people. It's too hot. It's too much. It's too much. Oh. Too much. Too much on screen. But here, they keep every every screenplay, every script pitch that Griffin gets. It's all. It's all the film. The woman is always starring a Julia Roberts type, and the man <laughs> is always a you know a Bruce Willis type or something like that. And then at the end, <laughs> when we see the clip of Habeas Corpus. It's Bruce Willis. It's Julia Roberts. And it's it's so brilliant. And like when I saw Bruce Willis bust in there and he shoots the gas chamber <laughs> with the security guard's rifle, I thought I like it's like I I know it's terrible. I I would kind of totally want to see this. I really would want to see this movie. It's so it's so bad. It's so 90s that I want that I want to see this and movie. You love it. Oh yeah, I, Julia. Like, there's a reason star power exists. Like, I would see a, like Julia Roberts and Bruce Willis in a movie. Like, sign me up for any Soderbergh oh. film they're in. Of course, of course. But of course, Griffin uses Habeas Corpus to sort of parlay the, the like kind of terribleness of the film into securing his spot as now head of the studio to beat back a, uh, a power grab from uh, Larry Levy, who's played by the aforementioned great peter gallagher uh and so so it's not just it's not just a fun thing he's he he griffin entertains the idea and goes you know what this movie is terrible i'm going to pass it off to levy then i'm going to swoop in at the last minute save it and secure my secure my position and it works out and that's the thing that i find interesting about this this film in that uh it it is alluded to from the by, from the writer in that sometimes you know, bad things happen and there is no justice because Griffin gets away with everything and he gets everything he wants. There's no karma in this universe at all. This is why I think he wouldn't end up with that girl. I don't think that girl would be with Mr. Hollywood, big shot, I'm going to step over everybody to advance my career. 
because he also rejects his former girlfriend that he cheated yeah. on. In the uh, and just uh, he's terrible too. It's Cynthia Stevenson. I'm so sorry. It's just just harsh and. But he's so Robbins is so underrated, and it bothers me that a lot of the movies where he is amazing, he gets overshadowed by someone else in the movie. Shawshank Redemption. He was not nominated for Best Actor. Seriously. 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 Bull Durham, which my husband and I are the two people in America who did not like that movie. And oh. he, in my like humble opinion, was the best thing in that movie. He was hilarious. Mystic River. Are you freaking kidding me? He was a supporting actor to Sean Penn? What? Tell us not how you like really I feel. Think about these things. It's not like I care. It's just me. It's, it's just me. It's, it's so wrong. It's so fucking <laughs> maddening. <laughs> Ah, but and I do, but he's because he's charismatic enough that you can see that people would fall for his charm. Yes, yes, and, and yet he, he's also kind of aloof. Right. He says he he's yeah he says he says everything. But he doesn't com- really commit so much because he he'll just he'll just pass it up the chain. So he can say all the right words, but not have to put anything behind them. And it's 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 a fun character to watch and Tim Robbins plays him excellently. Do you think Tim Robbins should have gotten an Academy Award nomination for this film? Who else was nominated? Uh let's see. I do, I do. Uh Pacino won Robert Downey Jr. for Chaplin, his first nomination. Yeah, I'll give him that. Eastwood for Unforgiven, Stephen Rhea yeah. in the Crying Game, Denzel and Malcolm X. Oh, then no. Then no? It's like not not like you're gonna keep Stephen Rhea in there, the crying game. He was really good in that movie, and it that year that was such a big movie that I'm gonna it give was. it to Stephen. I I always say Stephen Wright. Is that is it? I I I yeah. That might be that might actually be. But well, yeah, it's not. It was such a showy role for Pacino. It. I'm glad that he won for that, but it pisses me off because that it's like Kate Winslet in The Reader. It's like I'm so annoyed she didn't win for Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Or any number of other films, and yet she went for this. Yes, and you know, like this year, people are talking about Amy Adams for Vice, when it's like, but she didn't win it for her like amazing her eight thousand other Academy Award winning roles. Seriously, I'd give I would I would give it to her for uh, Arrival. I love that movie. She's great in it. But yeah, they, like just just pick one, just pick one. She's great. Doubt. Oh, so the fighter. I, I just I, I love you call me right she <laughs> needs to win that's what we're trying to say she needs like mantle of academy awards definitely uh looking at this list of best actors i think tim robbins might be number six i will agree that stephen ray uh that was like that was the movie that year everyone was talking yeah. about it because <gasps> just spoiler alert there uh, and yeah, you know, the supporting category that year was sucked. Yeah, but who did it go to? Marissa Tomei. Uh, oh, I, I was thinking Gene Hackman. Oh yeah, yeah, actors, actors, actors yes. Who I, I mean, anyone who doesn't like Gene Hackman has a problem. You're wrong. Yeah. He's but great. He was amazing and a great character, perfectly acted. We love you. But Jack Nicholson was also nominated in one of his. You have to. I mean. That's one of his greatest roles. Can we right. at least agree? Yeah. On that? Oh, yes. Agreed. Agreed. It's, I mean, uh, you're up against those two, and then you've got the trans person who played Dill. Jay Davidson. Yeah. Jay who? Davidson. Uh, who? Uh, who? Uh, who? I remember. Who I remember fondly as the the Pharaoh from Stargate. Yes. I've never heard of him. Oh, it's 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 fabulous. Is, he plays an is, he he plays an alien. It's great. That, uh, is it a trans person or just played a trans person? I do not know the Jay proper Davidson. no I do I do not know the proper title of which dudes I am I I Wrong so I I cannot But I'm I just saying but up against those three that's a tough Yeah. And also up against Al Pacino for his uh very short turn in Glengarry Glen Ross. Oh. <laughs> now why can we give Al Pacino that what like but uh, has like a million movies on the Amy Tom There's a lot of Alec, Alec Baldwin should have. Baldwin should have won. Yeah, uh, he's any of them because Spacey rocked in that movie, 
it uh jack lemon there are so many Brendan. good there's so many good actors in that movie it's the entire cast the entire cast yeah you can't yeah you, Yeah, well shocked it didn't. I Aaron Sorkin for uh, uh, a few good men, a few, a few, a few good men as well. On what planet? Yeah. All right, back to the yeah. yes. Back to back to the player. I guess we'll I guess we'll start we'll start winding things down a little bit. The player. It ends with guess what? Tim Robbins killed the wrong dude. Wasn't it was not Vincent D'Onofrio? Oopsies! He gets a uh, he gets a call from the person from the writer who was sending him uh, the death threats. And Did you see that coming the first time you saw that? No, I didn't. I didn't. And, and, and second, since it's been so long, I did, I was like, oh, I mean, like I like understand, like I guess that makes sense that he did. It wasn't the guy, but you know, whatever. I was just. I was yeah, and uh, he gets a he, he gets a he gets a call. Larry Levy says, "I got this. I got this guy here who's got this great pitch." And basically, the guy the st- the person who's sending the threats pitches the movie The Player to Tim Robbins, his Griffin Mill character, who lived the movie The Player in the movie The Player, and it's it it's meta as f. As the before as the, meta was a thing. Before before meta was before meta was really really a thing, so it's like movie. It's like a movie pitch within a movie within a movie. That's we just saw the movie that's being pitched, All trying to keep things. track. And uh, and again, uh, I, I have to come back to the fact that I I like the ending because he does get away. With it. I, I I like that he and he's just fine with everything. Like every he gets every he gets everything he wants. It's so it's a happy ending. For him, largely, but it's it's a crappy ending for us. Going, wow, that's that's not how the world's supposed to work. And yet, that according to the writer, that's just that's just life. That's just how it. That's just how the world is sometimes. And uh, it's so it's 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 really fun. It's a really fun little uh, meta meta text on Hollywood. Do you think maybe that is why it wasn't? It didn't get as much love at the Oscars because it was kind of, you know, the because the producers have a lot of sway and they were like, you know, screw you, Robert Altman. We'll we'll give you some stuff, but not too much. Here's the deal. Okay. It is a very clever film. Yes. Very clever, meta, sharp. The other films that came out that year. We're also very strong, very just as well written, but they had much more of an emotional payoff, and so you really had car- deep, really a rich tapestry of characters that year. Because Definitely. I wouldn't have stuck Robbins in; I wouldn't. He wouldn't even be my sixth. I would have put in Anthony Hopkins for Howard's End. You know what I mean? It's like it was such a rich year. You had Malcolm X. Malcolm X. Malcolm X. Yeah. You had such. You had. The characters in A Few Good Men, we talked about it, Howard's End, so many of these great emotional stories that were also smart and clever, and that stay with you. I mean, look at all those movies, and they endure so much. They do. I am not a Westerns fan. I get emotional watching Remember Then. And, well... The player is very cute. I, I, I don't want to trivialize and call it cute, but it's very clever, but you walk away from it and you're like, that's it. I don't need to see it again. It's not going to, it's not a movie I really need to revisit, but so many of those movies are so rich and enduring that I, I wouldn't nominate it for best picture. I don't think it was like this great affront. I don't even think if you expanded it, the list to have more than five, I don't think it would have been in my top 10. I would give it in an expanded year, definitely. But looking at these, I like. I understand. Like, Scent of a Woman, maybe it's not the best, but it has that. No. It, it just. It. But like, Pacino is just so, so good in it. And so is Chris. You know, Chris O'Donnell's fun, and it's got a great young, very young Philip Seymour Hoffman yeah. in it. Who, 
steals every scene. You're like, who is this always. kid? He's always he's been doing that he since forever. That. He did it in the talented Mr. Ripley too, because if you haven't seen that movie in a oh long my God. time, go back and watch it and watch him play this snot. Oh. And he's so deliciously upper crust. Yeah, and he is and he's he's chewing Matt Damon apart in terms of the um, I, the range. You're like, wow, this is impressive. That's a great. It's a great movie. It's I haven't I haven't revisited, but I just remember really like people. Why are people hating this movie? People were like not about this movie back then. This was that was a solid film, but in back back to back to this year, I, I'm looking at this. I go. I understand why all of these were were nominated. Maybe like if like, maybe you could like switch out the crying game and put the player in, but maybe but no, the crying game is such a a movie of that year, and that does not mean it's like of all time. It's got it's a movie you should check out. You should definitely, whether you know the twist or not, you should check it out. Few Good Men. The impact of that film it's, when it came out. The whole Oscars did a whole bit about it in the opening song and dance. Yeah. It was, uh, it's, Billy you Crystal couldn't. making jokes about, oh, all the producers saying, you know, don't reveal the ending, don't reveal the ending. It was very Hitchcock and Psycho. Don't, don't reveal the ending, don't reveal the ending. Yeah. It's, it's so, I feel like, I feel like we, don't get, we don't get films like, like the crying game anymore that are like can ch- change the conversation can all can, can get us thinking you can make can make you go oh this movie is actually about this completely other thing i thought it was i don't remember what most of the rest and of the movie was about yeah, a few good men, <laughs> all time yeah. all fucking time I, you can't handle the truth i mean today yeah, yeah it's yeah you still and, and like instead of a woman you have pacino's final speech which is so Pacino and the tango scene, and the, oh, and the, the tango scene is is really nice. There, uh, there's, uh, there are reasons for all of these films to be there, and I want to put the player in there. I think getting best director was uh, is a sign of confidence for Robert Altman going forward. Which He's of the back. Best pictures was not nominated for best director. Uh, but 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 uh, men. Rob Reiner was not picked. Did not pick that up. Which that was bullshit. And was Spike Lee nominated for Best Director for Malcolm X? No, no. no. Of course. Again, I wouldn't have nominated Altman as Best Director either. I would have put in uh, right. Uh, I can't think of Carl. Uh, Carl Reiner. <laughs> Where is my brain today? Rob Reiner. I would have put Rob Reiner and uh, Malcolm. Spike, uh, Spike Lee. Lee. I was my. And I would have given Malcolm X a Best Picture nom. Hey, you have heard it here first. So, Brennan and Leo. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. The, the player. <laughs> player is a great player. It uh, it's 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 got a I lot of stuff going for it. I will say this: I was very entertained, despite the fact I was not taking part in watching this movie. But it was entertaining. I think it's his most watchable film. It's it's re- it really is watchable. Tim Robbins. So watchable. If you think Tim Robbins is not watchable, you need to see more Tim Robbins movies. He is excellent. He is an excellent, very underrated actor, very underappreciated. One of the, I, I always looked at him as one of those guys who was like, ah, oh, Tim Robbins. But now I think about it, I'm like Tim Robbins is stellar. He is a kind of guy who also lifts everybody else up around him. Top, top marks to Mr. Robbins. Player, great movie. Uh, even if it were nominated for Best Picture, even if it were in the world that it was nominated for Best Picture, Unforgiven wins ten times out of ten. It's Unforgiven, one of the, one of the best best pictures that we have seen, and we've seen a lot of best pictures here on the show. So, and that's saying a lot. That's off the top of my head. I'm thinking like 18 movies. I'm like, I don't know, Mr. Buja, we might need to talk privately about that. <laughs> um, so yes, you. I've been listening to the Oscar Watch podcast. Thank you so much for joining us in this little Christmas gift month of listener requests. Again, thank you all so much for writing in your thoughts, your requests. We will get to them at a later time. Moonstruck, you can count on it. Moonstruck, indeed. So, if you would like to write in your thoughts, Brennan, Leo, please write us again. Tell us why we're wrong. Anthony, we love hearing from you. Everybody, all of our friends. 
Write us in at OscarWatchPodcast at gmail.com. And be sure to find us on social media at OscarWatchPod. And Amy is always on Facebook looking to talk Peter O'Toole, certainly. So just, just mention that. Best friends forever. And Amy, where can folks find you elsewhere on Twitter if they wanted to? A, a Thomas and Eleven. And next week on the podcast, we are into 2019. We are going to figure that out. Some changes. Some new stuff. I'm looking forward to it. It will be a lot of fun in the new year. We're gonna we're gonna find ourselves. We're gonna focus. We're gonna come back. Things might be different. Things will be good. So until next time, we'll see you on the next